Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. And we are back with a mini-sode. Woo-hoo! <gasps> this is, that, that's, our, that's, our, need, that's our excitement. We need something. We need, <laughs> we need, like, we need a, something. The loud noise coming from like the world, right? <laughs> exactly. So, come you know, up these, with some weird, weird thing. Yeah, I love it. We got we to come up with something. So these mini-sodes are all about packing a lot in in a short time. So that is what our deliverable to you amazing, amazing women that are listening to our show. And thank you for listening. And we appreciate you so much. Um, So today I'm going to talk about something. It's my Mm. turn. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I'm going to share, this is a, this is a workshop I've given in a, in a presentation, but I wanted to also talk about it in the, in the mini. So, so learn lessons from scaling our portfolio. And uh, the title of it was going from a duplex uh, was our first uh, official investment property in 2004, back in the day, um, to to last year uh, as as a general partner and as part of our you know main part of the team of 40 investors, we we purchased a 222 unit apartment building. So there's been a lot of twists and turns and a lot of learn lessons uh, from self managing to outsourcing management to everything in between. Uh, so. I wanted to share a lot with you, but I, want, I kind of reduced it to five key things you want to think about. As you're listening to this, the ladies listening, if you're looking to scale, now you may not want to scale to a huge apartment building or a small apartment building, but a lot of women want to scale their multifamily portfolios. Whatever number that is, it really doesn't matter, but you want to scale. So that's what I think these, these tips will be applicable for you. So the first one is how important markets are. The market you choose to invest in. For example, we started, we, you know, we really looked at what's, what was the cheapest we could afford, you know, what's the cheapest property we could afford and what was close to us because we wanted to invest locally and we also wanted, we didn't want to, you know, you know, t- too much of that expense. And we also wanted to make a difference. That was a, an important goal of ours. So we chose a more urban community that was still developing, right? Not a class B, class A. Uh, C is a little bit generous even, you know, almost like a C minus area if I, if, if I could on its best day. So and that's <laughs> okay yeah. on its best day, but that's okay. You know, it's a growing city in, in a sense of the demographics and I don't want to go into all that, but regardless, the market does matter as you scale your multifamily, um, your multifamily portfolio, specifically what things we look for now versus when we started, right? Again, cheap and close to home. We look for supply and demand. That is an important thing you need to look at is you look at, at, at markets, your supply and demand, um, the, um, your competition, right? So is there new construction going up? What's happening in the market you're looking at? All those sort of things, rent, amenities, um, jobs. We all know about jobs and job growth, but is there job diversity? You know, we've, we've recently entered a new market in the Southeast and that was, became a really important criteria to invest in that area. In, in other words, if there's an ec- ec- economic downturn, which there's going to be at some point, are there different jobs, uh, you know, pulling from? So that's an important piece. The, um, and then also, obviously, the class of neighborhoods. What do you, you know, are you ready to invest in a class 
A, B, C, or D, neighborhood. And people do well in all four of those. Um, and you need to be prepared and at least know what you're getting yourselves into. Um, because cheap is not always the best deal and the most expensive is not always the most deal. We know that. But really knowing it and being able to really analyze a market and say, this is a market I want to invest in is very different than what we started with. That we were, we've, Our criteria is, you know, very different now. So that's the first thing. Second thing is the analysis of the actual deal becomes more complex as you scale. So, you know, you might have a, um, a simple spreadsheet, you know, income, expenses, if it's a duplex. I mean, you know, you don't need a robust system for, for you know, analyzing a duplex. There's not as many numbers going into that. But now you have a 40 unit, a 50 unit, a 60 unit, you know, your capital expenditure line item changes, right? Uh, you know, those types of, you know, the utilities, if you're paying for the utilities, you're not paying for the utilities, those numbers really impact your, your analysis. And, and one little like mistake, you know, $300 per door on a, on a hundred unit door is a big difference than a duplex, right? So my point being is the numbers increase, you really have to be more finite on your analysis. Um, something else to mention, what becomes important on a, um, a larger deal is different than a duplex or a smaller deal. Um, you're, you know, the amenities become everything in a larger unit. You know, people are going to move into a larger apartment complex. That's what, that's all they care about, right? If it's a duplex, are they going to really care that there's a pool or not? Not really. That's not, they're not going to get a pool with a duplex. So the amenities and that plays into your analysis. So underwriting becomes critical. And um, I would say you have to step up your analyzing um, tools. Uh, one thing I would recommend is the Michael Blanc Deal Analyzer. Um, it's a very good system to analyze larger apartment complexes versus, you know, a simple little Excel form. And some people use different things, but I would go with a little more of an analytical tool to be better with your analysis um, skills. So that's the second thing. Third thing would be systems and processes. Um, still something uh, we're perfecting and getting better with, to be honest with you. But I'm going to ask you a million dollar question and our, our ladies, are you ready for the million dollar question? Is what you're building scalable and repeatable? Because if it's not, you're not going to be able to um, build something that, you know, is, is repeatable. And what, what does that mean? Documenting what you're doing, having those processes, having the right processes, the right people and the right, you know, systems in place. Um, that looks like what do you need to automate? What do you need to, you know, delegate? What do you need to eliminate, right? All those sort of things. But if you're not documenting what you're doing, uh, you're not going to be able to build a team, which you definitely need to as you scale. So that's number three. It's a whole topic in and of itself, but I just can't stress that enough. Um, wish we, I wish we did some of this stuff earlier, to be honest with you. Um, the fourth one is team. You know, you, you hear me talking a lot about team, building teams, all that good stuff on this show. Um, you cannot run large multifamily without a team. It's just, I, I know of a couple syndicators who do with like bare bones and they're very good, um, really reputable people in, this, in this, this industry. But the vast majority of people have teams um, because there's just a lot to do. And more importantly, what you find in larger deals is that you cannot be good at it all. You cannot be amazing at underwriting and amazing at building relationships. That's a very special person. Two different skill sets. One's analytical, one's people-oriented. So there's four roles. I'm not going to go into them too in-depthly, but we, we found to be um, the four that you have to think about is that there's usually someone who um, looks for the deals. 
you know, they're, they're underwriting and they're looking for deals. So the people that are doing your underwriting, like, hey, this is a good market, those, those analytical people, they're the same people who are actually looking for the deals. They're not just like, hey, this is a good deal. And then they bring it to you and it's horrible. They've already underwritten it. They've already done some initial analysis. Critical people. If you're not great at it, find financial analysts that can help you. Um, the brains meaning operations, right? There's an operational piece, huge piece to running large multis. The money, unless you're endowed with millions of dollars and you're a gazillionaire, you're going to have to probably raise private money or have a few key partners involved who are going to put that equity down. Um, and then people then running the, the construction day to day, like a, like a literally a, in, like a onsite, whether that's your property management company or your, your own team, but someone is managing unit turnarounds, those sort of things. Cause you're doing that on a large scale, uh, that could get complex, right? You're doing 20 turns at once, right? This yeah. is not like, hey, let's just send hand Johnny the handyman down. That's not, no offense, not going to work. You, you got to have those systems and um, stages and especially financially because you're not going to be able to do it all. Otherwise, we'd be sanding uh, stove. Right. Two stoves to the same unit in a right. without stove and, and complicated. It's all like, and you're all also like, the, the, you're, a lot of people buy value-add opportunities. So- you know, you could have a, you could have a complex that might need four units turned. You may not be, it doesn't make sense to do 40 at the same time, right? People yes. moving out. It's a lot of staging. It's a lot of pieces that you're building. Um, so I just wanted to mention that the fifth thing and, and probably the most important thing that I'll leave you with is to fail forward. Like I, I, the quicker you can fail, the quicker <laughs> you'll get the mistakes out of the way. Um, you know, I don't like failing. I do have some perfectionism in me. Um, I, and I, and especially when it comes to losing money or um, thinking about how long you've been doing something, we've been doing this for 15 years. We shouldn't be making these mistakes. I've said that to myself a lot. Um, but you know what though, if you keep learning and you just keep failing forward, it keeps you, mo the momentum keeps, to, keeps moving forward. You're going to make new mistakes. If you're moving yeah. into a new market and you start to, if your comfort is a quadplex and you get into a 10 unit or a 15 unit, you're going to make new mistakes. It's just the nature of the beast. When we got our larger, first larger multifamily, you know how many mistakes we made? Because it wasn't a duplex. It, it, it's not the same building. It's part of the, the process. Part of the process. So keep failing forward. Keep making mistakes. Just don't make the same ones. <laughs> keep being, and just keep getting better. Exactly. Every day. So, yeah. And, and the complaining part, it just doesn't work, right? If you have great partners around you, they're not going to tolerate that. No, I don't tolerate people doing that to me. And they, my, my people don't tolerate me complaining about it. So it's just like, okay, we're together here. How, what can we do better? Yeah. Not pointing fingers or, or blaming people. What can we do better to move forward? And that's the goal. Yeah. And I'll leave you this with this. I'm a big fan of um, building your portfolio slowly and steadily. I'm not the hugest fan. If you have like zero experience to go, risk money for a hundred unit when you really know nothing about real estate investing. That's just not fiscally smart. So I'm a bigger fan of, you want to buy a big apartment building or a larger multifamily? Well, then, then buy a duplex. That should be your first purchase, in my opinion. I think people would disagree with what I'm saying, um, but I, I have seen that to be beneficial for our path. But again, that's our path. So with that, I, I hope you take some lessons and I hope you take some, it, it's all building steps, but you can get there, but you know, keep the five things I shared in, in mind. Yes. And let us know what you think about the Minnesota. Do you have a question? Post it down below over here, your comments, and we'll be more than happy to answer that to you. Make it a great day. Bye.
If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.